Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR consultant. Hey, Em. Hey, Shell. Emily Bowen here, and I'm all about the world of recruitment. Today on the show, we are talking about bouncing forward from tough feedback. I love that. I love this idea. Well, this is your idea. Oh, so <laughs> I didn't think you were going to say that. <laughs> but it is because it'll become really evident throughout this conversation about why we need to bounce forward and deliberately not focusing on the past when it comes to tough feedback, which is really hard. It can be really hard, but hopefully by the end of this episode, it will be that little bit easier for everybody. We're just about to get into the show, but first we want to make a shout out to our show partner, Rarekind. Rarekind believe there is no limit to how good work can be. They find one of a kind people, the kind of people who don't just fit into culture, but help create it. But just because they've got a fresh perspective, it doesn't mean they're new. In fact, they've been in the game a long time. So they've got the cred, the experience, and they back up what they say they do. To check out the opportunities they have at the moment, visit rarekind.com.au. You might just find the position you were born for. Today on the show, we've got six ways that you can bounce forward from tough or critical feedback. But to give some context, I'll tell a little personal story. This is like the confession. Confession. The confession up front of the episode. And so I got some feedback recently um, about the podcast, which, and to do with something that I said on the podcast that kind of came across as a little bit harsh or could have been done better. And it was a really helpful process for me. And one of my values is growth. And the dark side of that value, because we know there's always an up and a shadow side to a strength or a value that we have, is that I can like quickly become super critical of myself. And you know that about me. You're a spiraler. <laughs> I am a bit of a spiraler. So I can, once I get some kind of tough or critical feedback, I go into this like kind of dark zone of ruminating on it and overanalyzing. And something I've learned from you is to identify, oh, I'm doing that thing where I'm going deep on something and I need to come out of it and figure out what I can learn. And as you and I were talking about the feedback, we started to think, oh, this is a really good podcast episode. Yeah, it's amazing how they come up, the um, the episode ideas, but this certainly was one that we thought maybe it could be of interest to everybody else, maybe we could share some of our learnings because I'm still a work in progress when it comes to processing tough feedback. And it's one of those things that's really painful for all of us at various points. And so in this particular scenario where I I got this feedback and I showed my husband, Sam, because one of he knows about me that I can go really um, overly critical of myself. And I just said, oh, am I getting, am I ruminating or is this, genuine, do I need to fix this? And he listened and he said, no, you, this is, you need to fix this. You can do better. What I'd love to call out though, is the fact that you have had the, enough self-awareness not to just continue to dig that hole for yourself to go and sit in, but to actually create almost like a circuit breaker and go, right, how can I get a third party to let me know what should I do? Should I be ignoring this feedback or should I be doing something with it? And then for you to actually go on from that, no longer ruminate, no longer self-analyze, just create a solution. Totally. And even just getting someone who knows you well enough to know the strengths and weaknesses and go, no, no, Shell, you can do better. This, you, this is something you should actually focus on improving. 
and it's okay. And I started to go, all right, okay, what can I do? And that's where you and I chatted and we're like, this is probably something we all have to work on, me in particular, and I'm on a journey as, like you said, it's a work in progress. And so we just thought, well, why don't we come up with some ways that you can really bounce forward from tough feedback rather than doing what I'm in the process of learning um, to not dwell on it, not get really um, super critical, but move through it more quickly and take what you um, need to learn and move forward. Yeah, we can't turn back time. So we we like to think that the listeners who join us on this podcast all have a growth mindset and I feel like this is a better way of channeling feedback. So number one for me out of this learning recently was to see failure as your best teacher. So, you know, and this comes from, you know, those teachers you had in high school. I don't know if you ever had this, but you know, those scary teachers that you'd kind of come across in the playground and you'd be like, oh, those teachers are the ones that you never want to be in their class. Oh, see, I was just like a goody two-shoes. You were the teacher's <laughs> pet, weren't you? I was. If, we used to have these teachers. Uh, but I, I do know who you, I do know those ones that were that little bit more intimidating, like you didn't want to get on the wrong side of them. And like, I had a couple in high school where I was like, I never want to be in that teacher's class. Like they're really, they're scary. They're harsh. I don't, it'd just be terrible. And then what inevitably happened was you'd get into their class and you'd realise they're the best teacher ever. And so you're like, oh my gosh, this person that had like out in the playground, this brand of being really mean and harsh, when you're in their class, they're the best teachers. They're the ones you'd learn from the most. They're the ones that like are the most interested in your success. And yeah, their methods might be a little bit harsh or a little bit like more direct. But what I found with those teachers was that they're the ones that really care about you and they help you learn the fastest. And so often those people in your life who do give you the hard truths at times also are your biggest cheerleaders and they will make sure you know it. Although perhaps their expectations are a little bit higher, but they will make sure you know it when you've really, you know, hit like hit a high point. Well, that's right. And what I've come to learn about feedback is that I've needed to shift my perspective on critical feedback. So in the past, I've kind of um, shied away from it where I'm like, oh, I don't, I, I don't, it's going to be painful and comfortable to get tough feedback. So I'm just, I'm not going to ask for it. Whereas now I've got that lens of failure and difficult feedback is the best teacher. It's like those teachers in high school that are, that you, until you're in their class, you think they're scary, but when you're there, you're like, I'm learning so much. And so how do we shift our mindset towards, I need to see failure and tough feedback as a teacher and a beautiful growth opportunity as opposed to something to be feared and to shy away from. And I think this is hard to do. So the other day when I could tell myself I was in that rumination zone of like going really critical on myself after getting some tough feedback, I had to pause and go, no, instead of really kick beating myself up about it, I'm going to now look at okay, what do I need to learn? This is a beautiful teaching moment. It's going to help me grow and lean into the discomfort of that as opposed to dwelling on feeling like I'd failed. You you make this concept sound so easy, uh, but I know it's not. I know you've been, you know, it takes practice and you work hard at it. The really practical piece for me in this that you've obviously inserted is that third party, is recognising it. And, and self-awareness is something that, well, it has it in the title, we can only do ourselves. But for you to then create that circuit breaker, the really practical takeaway for me out of this first point is 
go and who is that trusted advisor? Who is that safe place where you can go to them and they can be that third party and then push on from there? That's right. It's the role of mentors, the role of coaches, having a few of those and usually from different spheres. You might have a professional mentor, but a personal one. And then the beautiful thing about Sam is he knows my blind spots way better than anyone else. And so he sees it and he's like, yeah, like just tells me how it is. And we all need someone like that in our lives. But I've learned so much from you, Em, and I was saying I I rave about you to everyone I possibly can, but (laughs) I was talking to Sam going, I just want to be more like Em. Like she's learnt this and she's got this skill where she is able to go, yeah, I take that on and I move through that more quickly than I do. Tell us what's your kind of, I guess, what's number two for you around moving and bouncing forward from tough feedback? So if I can chuck out there number two being to not double down on that tough feedback. What I mean by that is in, I guess, my natural state or in times past, something that I would do if I was feeling down about some feedback or down about a situation, and sometimes it could be feedback that I was giving myself, I would not only feel down about that feedback, I would also then on top of that feel down about feeling down. It's so I, <laughs> compounded impact. Yeah. It's like negative on negative. I would actually uh, beat myself up about not being able to handle that feedback, cope with that feedback. And so it was this idea, it was this doubling down. It was this idea of just not uh, putting myself into a positive or constructive place, not being self-compassionate, not giving myself the time and space to feel a bit crappy and then get on with it. Instead, I would prolong those feelings. They'd be intensified and I'd, I'd feel like I was even more stuck. Yeah. And I think I've heard you describe this like offline around feeling like you've kind of, you're in a hole because you've heard tough feedback and you do feel like there's a slump after it. But then you kind of, when you doubling down on it, you're almost digging that hole deeper and it gets harder to come back out of. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally a visual for me. Feeling like it's, you know, that, that hole or that distance away from the surface gets further and further away. And then I find I get to the point where I'm like, what is this even about now? You know, you you lose clarity and it takes moving beyond that emotional response to actually be able to appreciate the feedback. It's for what it is. Yeah. And that word appreciate is so important. How do we see, going back to mindset, how do we see feedback as a gift instead of viewing it in a inherently negative way it's how do I view it in it's a gift and it's a it's a gift that maybe like I didn't necessarily want but it's a gift that I need so my strategy that I continue to practice and work on and that I'm I am making some good ground on to overcome this lack of self-compassion has been to recognize it create that self-awareness and then change the mental track so if I find that I'm heading in this direction it is about repeating Uh, some lines to myself, which are, it's okay to feel pretty crap after you've received this tough feedback. It's only temporary. It's okay. And what that does is it means that instead of beating myself up for feeling bad about it, I'm giving myself just that time and space and allowing myself to to feel crap, but not feel double crap. The next point, number three of how to move forward from tough feedback is that this is going to sound weird. <laughs> the perfection monster has to die. 
Oh, but I love her. She's the worst. (laughs) She's got to (laughs) go. And I don't know about you, you're listening. If you're a perfectionist, if you're driving, if you're walking, wherever you are, just, you know, raise your little air hands and me and Emma waving our hands saying, we're with you. We have this perfection monster and they're they're mean. (laughs) They are. And they create a lot more work for me uh, as recently (laughs) as last week when I spent hours tying ribbon onto bags. Doesn't sound like it would go in my, you know, job description, but it was happening. Finding out that the colour of the ribbon was slightly off, spending two hours deciding and trying to convince myself not to redo all those bags. And then the perfectionist monster got the better of me and I totally redid those bags. Yeah. Hours and hours and later. And so you have a problem, don't I you? Do. <laughs> I do. And so do I. Yeah. So the hands are up. <laughs> Our hands are up. So why does the perfection monster have to die? And why are we calling it a monster? We want to label it because we want to say this is this is not helping our cause. And one of the things I've identified in myself is I, my desire to be perfect is stopping me from actually receiving feedback and growing. And that's the, that's the irony of it, right? Because we want to improve, we want to grow and we want essentially to be perfect or whatever. But that perfectionism stops us from really learning and growing because we're not as receptive to feedback. What does that look like in your experience? Like when your perfectionist monster is out and someone provides you feedback, then what? And while while we're talking, we should just say Em's cat, we're at Em's house and Em's cat is just jumping around and she's like trying to really win me over because I'm not heaps a cat person. Very needy. And she's just like, you know, nuzzling me. So if you hear some, you know, paws crawling around, that's what that is. Um, what does it look like, Em? Okay. Oh, so many different things. It looks like the need for approval. I can tell that when my perfectionist kind of comes out, I'm really seeking approval, which to me is pretty unhealthy. Instead of seeking approval, what I want to lean into is that growth value of I want to be growing. And that means I want to have an open mind to hear different perspectives. And also I don't want what I'm learning about the challenge with perfectionism, it, it really stops progress. So a friend of mine the other day sent me this message saying it's about progress, not perfection. And perfection becomes a hurdle. It becomes a barrier to growing. So instead, what I'm reminding myself is I'm exactly what you said at the beginning of this episode. It's a work in progress. It's a journey that we're all going on. And looking at it, instead of looking at I've, I need to have all these all these things together and really look together, which is more image management. Putting that aside and going, reminding yourself, I'm on my way. I'm not done yet, but I'm getting there. And really that language of I'm on that growth journey rather than I need to have it all together. What I'm coming to feel as we make it halfway through our ideas is so much of bouncing forward from tough feedback is your mindset. So much of it is those mental tracks and that self-talk and absolutely we need to have the odd person, a trusted advisor, a safe place around us like Sam for you. But it's really about retraining your brain and retraining the way you think. Yeah, to lean into the difficult feedback instead of pulling away. You're right. It's, it comes down to a lot of that mindset component. What's next for you, number four? Number four is all about the idea of not replaying the negative loop. 
if we're all raising our hands, I think a few will go up again when I say, have you ever had a fail or have you ever received some feedback and it's just stuck on repeat? Like you are just... Like the most annoying song you've ever heard on repeat in your mind. You're like, if I could just get this song out of my brain, I'd be okay. And you replay (laughs) the conversation and then you, like to the point that you're like, I don't even know if that's how it went anymore because I've replayed it so many times that I'm starting to forget. Or you replay in your mind how the conversation could have gone or what you could have done differently and you start to create all of these scenarios, like you're searching for some way to go and back and have a redo, which we all know is impossible in the sense of turning back time, but possible if you were to take on the feedback and apply it next time. Yeah. And I love this visual of bouncing forward because I totally have those. It's really funny when you have those moments and you can see, it's like the out-of-body experience. You can see yourself doing the stupid thing that you wish you didn't do or saying the thing you wish you didn't say. And your body just shudders and you're like, oh my gosh, like how do I get that out of my mind? Yeah. And instead looking at it from the lens of, okay, yep, that happened. Can't change it. What am I going to do differently? And if we use the podcast example where I, I, you know, had a fail and I learned from it and and one of the things I started to do is go, okay, well, what is going forward? What's the way that I want to address that challenge? What are some of the steps I'm going to take to make sure that that doesn't happen again? And that becomes a win because it's like, cool, I've learned something. I'm doing something differently. And I'm instead of seeing that whole experience as negative, I'm seeing it as a, I'm actually taking this thing to the next level. I'm improving myself, my communication style. And that looking at that in, oh, this is awesome. This is a good thing. There's so much that it has done for us in that we have spent a lot of this morning while not recording, discussing, dissecting, talking about our tone of voice and what do we want that tone of voice to be and how can we improve that tone of voice? And that has all come, and this, you know, for you and I to be improving together has all come from that feedback moment that you had. And I'm just, I, you know, I'm appreciative of that to use that word again. All right, let's take a break and we'll be back shortly. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we've created a bunch of different podcasts. So go and check out My Millennial Money, My Millennial Money Express, My Millennial Property, my Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, and Gen Z Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. All right, number five, not all feedback is created equal. Go for it. I'm obsessed with this one. Okay, well, it's there's two parts to it. And I was listening to a podcast the other day that I really love and they were interviewing a guest about and they were talking about feedback actually and she said on the show that she thinks we need to take all feedback on, every single piece of feedback. And I was like, I don't really, I, I agree that every piece of feedback we receive is a learning moment, but I don't think all feedback's created equal. And let me explain why. So first, some people's feedback matters more than others or it holds more weight. And let's use an example, a stranger's feedback about something you did at work, a complete random that is not as weighty, in my opinion, as your boss or as a peer who you work directly with or as your mentor or coach. I think of this like we've all worked in retail or hospitality or behind a bar. And I remember back to when I was in high school and I was working in retail and I feel like we had a great team. We were all 
at school. So we were pretty young age. It was our first job. We all had a really good time and we did a pretty good job, generally speaking. And I still remember this one customer that came in and she ended up, I don't remember the detail of what went down, but I do vividly remember her leaving the store in a, a huff. She wasn't happy and she said, I am never coming back here. And her attitude while she was in the store had been uh, somewhat aggressive and I think like most of us when you're in that retail or hospitality, that customer service situation, it's like that whole customer is always right mentality comes through and you do the best that you can within your boundaries, within you know what your particular authority is. Now, who knows because I don't remember the detail about who was right or who was wrong, but she obviously didn't have a great experience and at the time, she probably thought this little blonde high school chick that was there was pretty crap at her job. I also remember though being out, being quite proud of myself in that I was able to let that go and think, you know what, you can walk away and have a bad day because we've just had this situation, but I am going to just take it with a grain of salt. I'm sorry that it happened, but I'm not going to let it bog me down for the rest of the day. And for me, that goes to the heart of, I, I don't want to carry that person's opinion of what perhaps I was like at my job in that because of that one moment, that one interaction. I would prefer to talk to my boss and if there was a pattern or if this was like a repeated or recurring event or some feedback had come from many customers, then I would think of it differently. Yeah, that's right. And it is just, it's weighing it up. So you're still identifying what's there to learn in this, but you're not placing equal weight on this complete stranger or random's perspective as opposed to someone who really understands the nature of the business, my strengths, my weaknesses, and what I need to be doing to improve. And that gets to it's it's not all not it's not all created equal and it's not it's you shouldn't place the same weight on every piece of feedback. That's my view. I know that differs to other people, but there's one other component of this that I want to stress is that there's about who's giving the feedback that matters. So who's giving the feedback and how, you know, close to the situation are they? But then there's also what is the feedback about? Because some feedback is more difficult to receive than others. And I've been really thinking about this recently because there'll be feedback that I get around my attention to detail. We've talked about this numerous times on the podcast Attention to detail is such a big gap for me and I've had to work on it. And if someone gives me feedback about it, I'm like, yeah, I get it, totally. And I'm not offended by it. I'm not emotionally attached to it. I'm like, "Eh, yeah, I know that about myself and I'm working on it. But if I get feedback about something that's really deeply important to me, which is like a relationship or having trust or being seen as kind of trustworthy, something that goes to my values, I'll find that extremely painful. And I think that's where it's coming to terms with if you're finding a certain bit of feedback you've received really tough to process, usually it's because it's connected to your values. It's hit hard. Like it's it's hit hit you in your core. Yeah. And that's a really good thing because it's like, okay, whatever this, if, if I'm finding it really difficult to move past this, usually it's because it's about something that's really important to you and you're just devastated that you've, you've, let someone down in this area or you feel like you failed someone in a relational sense or something. And I think the distinction between these types of feedback is when we think about my attention to detail example, it's skills-based. And so to me, I'm like, I can grow in that. It's skills-based. It's more kind of 
um, tangible and it's uh, I'm just not I don't care about it as much. Or you can put other you can more easily put other mechanisms in place. Like okay, I know I'm not great at attention to detail, so. I run my own business, I'm going to employ a personal assistant or I work in a team, I'm going to have somebody proofread any report that I do before it goes out. That's right. And then if it's about your values, generally you'll feel the impact of that more acutely. So if it's something you've said that's really upset a relationship, you're like, it's hard, it feels harder to repair and it goes more to who you are and, and some of your identity component. And so that's where it's about weighing it up and going, okay, if it is about my values, it's going to probably feel more painful and difficult and I need to kind of process that differently and allow myself the space to really feel that and work out, okay, well, how do I, how do, I do things differently going forward? And if I can on the fly add a third, I guess, criteria or component to this idea, Shell, I would suggest that there have certainly been times for me where I've received some feedback about how I've communicated in a situation and that I, you know, fortunately it doesn't happen too often, but I can certainly over the years think of a couple of times. And when I take a broader look at that, sure, it's come from somebody that knows me. But when I take a broader look at that, that's happened when I've not been my best self. So maybe I was run down, maybe I had something else stressful going on in my life. And so I think this idea of not all feedback is created equal. It's also worth us considering if we've received that feedback, based on something that we have done or not done, said or not said at a time when we were not our best selves, we need to give ourselves that context in processing the feedback and recognise that, well, it's not an excuse, but it's worth acknowledging that 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 contributed to why that happened, to why I dropped the ball, to why I didn't communicate as well as I could have. And like, like the chance of it happening again, is slim as long as I stay outside of that sort of zone of of not being my best self. All right. And we're down to our last one, number six, M. This is you. This is me. So number six is don't judge feedback on your first impressions. Oh, okay. What do you mean? So we've spoken a lot through this episode about our mindset and about the emotion that can be attached to feedback. In my experience, when it's tough feedback, it does come with that sting and that sting might last half an hour. Oh, it lasts heaps longer (laughs) for me. (laughs) Or it might, particularly where it's to do with your values and it's hit you at your core, it might last days and you might be crying in the shower that night. Like again, hands up, been there. (laughs) You might wake up the next morning still carrying the weight of that. And in my experience, it takes some time for that to disappear. And often for me, I don't get full closure until I've had the opportunity to bounce forward and have another go or to prove to myself in some way that that was just one attempt and I can actually be better now that I have that feedback, which means that number six is all about us encouraging you to wait until that emotion has passed when your more logical brain kicks in and that voice becomes louder and you can be more rational and reasonable before you really try and understand what that feedback is telling you. I love that about the sting and just calling that out. It's sometimes what can happen when we go into that, oh, this hurts, I'm going to do a little self-protection kind of defensive mode, which we all get. It's 
sometimes helpful to separate, okay, this person, they may not have delivered this very well because sometimes it's about the way they've actually communicated it. Mm. If someone has given you feedback and they've done it really abrasively or, or harshly, try to give yourself the space to go, okay, what they're saying, they might have delivered that poorly, but what's the golden kind of thread through it? What's that grain of truth that I need to hear and removing maybe the emotion around the harshness because sometimes people do deliver feedback badly and that's really, it's um, adding to the pain of something that's already kind of painful. So giving yourself the space and time, maybe you take that like a couple of days to really think about what's the truth in it? How do I separate the way they said it from the actual thing that I need to learn? The other thing, Em, I was thinking as you're sharing that was I, I wonder if one of the reasons we struggle to receive tough feedback or critical feedback is because it feels out of our control. Like we can't go back and change what we've done. So so I, I said something, I wish I didn't say that. I can't really go back and, and necessarily fix it unless it's a podcast and you can edit it out. <laughs> there are some perks, yes. <laughs> but do you know, and so what I wonder is it feels a little bit out of our control and I'm learning in my kind of control freak ways of one of the things that I can do to help me bounce forward is to start to write down, and I've actually become really intentional in this, write down the things I need to do going forward. So instead of looking backwards and going, oh, gee, I wish I didn't do that. Or if I had my time over, I'd say it like this. And, oh, I I just can't, I just can't think about it anymore. I go, well, if I'm in that situation again, here's the things that I'm going to do. Here's the strategies I'm going to put in place to kind of minimize the chance that I'm going to do that again. What's your take on that? Like, how do you build in some of those positive ways to move forward and bounce forward instead of focusing on the past? I wholeheartedly agree with that strategy. It's been a huge part of what's allowed me to help move on from this doubling down, from responding to that first impression impact. If anything, I have moved into a space where I can get quite caught up in, okay, I've received this feedback. I know because I've convinced myself that I can't turn back time. I've given up on that. Not going to be able to create a time machine. I'll do other things with my life. And so then what I do is I actually can become hyper attached to, well, I need to have another go at it. I need to actually try it again. Because once I've tried it again and I've proven to myself that I'm not bound by that last experience. I can actually be judged on the next time that I have a crack. Then I'll feel better and people, you know, will give me different feedback and the world will be okay again. So I've, I'm actually working. That's kind of very real for me at the moment. I'm working on that and creating patience. And that is so good because <laughs> I can just see what you're doing there. It's really not about the external view of you, but it's about your internal lens of going, I want to rebuild my own trust in myself that I can do this. And that I can take feedback and I can apply it and be better. So it's interesting. This whole thing, as you say, is a journey. It's a journey. And it's a work in progress. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've, I feel like for me, I've, I've moved on, I've moved through and it's become more natural for me to receive tough feedback and bounce forward. I'm now at the point on my journey of self-development uh, to sort of channel that in a way that is paced appropriately. I love this. This is such a beautiful conversation. And what we're going to do to wrap up, we're just going to rehash really quick those six ways. So first up, see failure as your best teacher. Second, 
Don't double down on the feedback. Third, the perfection monster has to die. Fourth, stop replaying the negative loop. Five, not all feedback is created equal. And number six, don't judge feedback on your first impression. Couldn't have said it better myself, Shell. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out. If you love the show, please make sure you give us a five-star rating and review. You know we love feedback. <laughs> and We take positive as well as tough feedback, we but love- we've got all the tools to handle both. So bring it on. Bring it on. All right. Well, we will talk soon. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks, Shell. Thanks, guys. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we've created a bunch of different podcasts. So go and check out My Millennial Money, My Millennial Money Express, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business and Gen Z Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast.